0: Welcome to the 1K Mom Podcast. This is episode number 19. You're listening to the 1K Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Fleming, founder of the 1K Mom Tribe. This is a movement of women who are building a business and raising a family and doing both well. Let's do this. Today on the podcast, we have Crystal. She is a certified life coach, podcaster, co-owner of Soul in the Raw Coaching, co-author of Soul Shift Guide, e-journal. She's a mama, a Christ follower, and an instigator of joy. She has a heart to help you live life intentionally, even when that means being brave and afraid at the same time. Each day, she works with people to redefine their definition of success, release limiting beliefs, uncover their core values, and create a life and business dynamic that is fulfilling. Crystal, I'm so excited to have you. Will you just like give us a little more, Crystal, and a little more gaps between that introduction?
1: Oh, my goodness. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be able to share with you and your listeners. So I really appreciate this opportunity. Um, So fill in the gaps. Let's see. I am a prior United States Air Force um, member. I was in the military for six years. My husband was as well. He was in the Marine Corps. He would probably kill me if I said he was in the Air Force. Um, (laughs) Yeah, we have a a dog as well, in addition to our little six-year-old baby girl. Her name is Mackay. Um, Kind of have been a serial entrepreneur all my life. I'll share with you about that as well, if you want to hear more. Um, What else? What else? I really love to read. I am like a personal development junkie. It's kind of unhealthy at this point.
0: (laughs) Can there be enough books? Like, can we consume too much?
1: I don't think so. No, not at all.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think the only time we could is if we let the consuming stop us from taking action on it.
1: Absolutely. I heard it one time. um, Someone said, don't be a hoarder of information. You have to Mm. implement what you learn and what you collect.
0: I love that. Well, yeah, I would love to hear more about that serial entrepreneur journey.
1: Oh, okay. Um, so it's kind of a funny story. When I was in first grade, Miss Noble's class, I think I found my thirst for entrepreneurship. I used to take um, Gatorade bottles. And I would put glue in them, and I would put marker liquid and mix it together, and I would make dots on little girls' nails and charge them 25 cents a hand. So <laughs> started that when I was little. Um, when I got out of the military, I went to cosmetology school, and I worked as a stylist for a little while doing that. And then actually in 2014, jumped into the health and wellness industry and served as an online Health and wellness coach, while my husband and I were also in the midst of opening a gym, so um, went through that process a little bit. Discovered it really wasn't our calling eventually, um, and I still did online health and fitness, and then jumped into my business now with life coaching a little over a year ago. So I feel like I've always had that entrepreneurial spirit, um, just didn't really know how to harness it for a while. And now I feel aligned with what I'm doing.
0: So when you jumped into life coaching, was it like an immediate thing where you felt aligned or was there a process there? what, What did that look like?
1: Good question. Um, actually it was a process. Now let me back up. I was in the health and fitness industry and loved what I was doing. I loved my, I had a team. I loved the clients that I was serving. I was doing, um, well, if you looked at title wise, right definition of title wise I was doing well there, but I felt like God had been calling at my spirit for a while that I really, really wanted to speak, speak more into the lives of women when it came to mindset and overcoming self-doubt, building confidence, finding their true purpose. That was where I had been called and I ignored it for probably six months. Um, kind of felt that tug and I was like, nah, I think you got the wrong person. I've got something good going on over here. I don't need to shake it up and it finally um, my business partner who I work with now um, she was feeling very much a similar tug and it finally that whisper turned into almost like a shake and I couldn't ignore it so it was definitely a process it wasn't something that i I just immediately jumped into
0: have you found like when God pulls us out when he calls us to something it what we're leaving is never bad. It's never like a hard situation. It's normally pretty good is what I've found in my life, but he calls us to something greater.
1: Have you found that? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's been a theme throughout life for myself and a lot of people that I know, just like you mentioned, sometimes we are in seasons where it's a season of difficulty and God opens a window and we're able to step into that. But I also believe that sometimes he asks us to trust him and to lean in and to jump into the unknown, right? Because that's where our faith grows. That's where our connection grows. That's where we really get to build a relationship where we don't have kind of um, the solid foundation in which we're able to depend on, but it's almost like, you know, this, this thing wasn't bad and you're doing great here, but I have something bigger for you. And I found that in the human flesh, sometimes those things are hard to leave and to step into, but when you do it, man, it's amazing.
0: It is. Do you have any examples of what, like, maybe it, it is your business, but just an example of being on the other side of that and really seeing how he was faithful during that time frame?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, one area that I can, think of obviously is my business. So when I left, um, my network marketing business that I was in for a, a while and jumped into what I'm doing now with no understanding of how it was going to happen. Um, he has just remained faithful in so many ways. I've learned so many lessons over this past year, but I also think another area where he really does that is in relationships, um, in our marriages and our friendships, not necessarily leaving behind something good, But when we are able in relationships, in friendships, there's a level of authenticity that I think we're called to, to really be able to connect with people. And that can also be very scary, right? If you and I have a friendship and we're, great friends, but there's things that I'm suppressing deep inside um, that I would, if I were to be transparent with you, it could bring us to a greater connection. That's scary to do. But I think when we are able to do that, um, I think God kind of places himself into that friendship, into those relationships and grows us there immensely if we allow him to. So I feel like that's another area too.
0: I love that. Totally agree. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit. I'm curious, what do you think is like something most of my audience or just women in general don't know about the life coaching profession and what you do?
1: You know, (laughs) I remember um, probably about nine years ago, I was in a relationship and the person told me that they were going to get a life coach. And I remember specifically saying, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Here I am. How ironic, right? Um, I think that when people think of the word life coach, especially if they've not taken the time to really have an understanding of what it is. They assume that it's going to be someone that is going to tell them exactly what to do in life, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I've had a lot of people that have come to me and they say, I want to be a life coach. Everyone comes to me for advice. I tell everyone what to do. And they've done a a great job, right, giving advice. But um, actually, life coaching is the exact opposite of that. We're taught in school to really, all we're doing is we're, we're asking the powerful questions to dig a little deeper, to strip away the facade and to have our clients come up with the answers. Because typically when we come up with our own answers for a plan in life, um, there's more self discovery, right? But there's also more follow through because it's our plan. It's not someone telling us what's best for us or creating a path for us. It's really us defining what that looks like. And as a life coach, my job is simply to hold you to the plan that you create and to encourage you along the way. um, and to ask you to dig a little bit deeper. So that's what I have based my practice around and what I specifically love to do with my clients.
0: I love that. And you know, uh, just whenever you've got your own personal buy-in, you're just going to have better results period. And so you, yeah. you leading that your clients to those questions and just those answers is great.
1: Absolutely. So
0: how has it been working with a business partner? Because a lot of the gals that are listening to this, they haven't yet started their business. They're thinking about it. Do you have any kind of tips on navigating a partnership?
1: Yeah, we get this question a lot and I think it's such a valid question because it may business may look easier to go into with someone else. Right. And in a lot of ways it is. Um, but I think the one thing that Olivia and I have really focused in on when it comes to being in a partnership, it's transparency. I think that you have to find someone whose core values align with yours. Um, I think that you have to have a very similar vision and mission for what you want to do and the message you want to put out in the world. And I also think there has to be an uncomfortable level of transparency within a business partnership. Um, Um, that is something Olivia and I try to keep in the forefront of everything that we do. And so I've seen it in a way where it works really well, but also I've seen it in a way um, my husband, for example, has been in partnerships in business where there was not transparency and it was, I mean, devastating to not only the business, but, um, also to friendships and to relationships. You know, um, I think that there's a saying it's, we're only as sick as our secrets And I think within a relationship, a business partnership, a marriage, a friendship, that holds so true. So if you're someone out there and you're thinking, you know, I really want to partner with this person, um, I think you have to have those things in line. And I also think that you can keep this in mind. You can partner with someone without being in a business partnership because an actual business partnership, you know, there's legality, there's. I mean, Olivia and I, it's almost like we're married, right? We're, we're on contracts. We are together in this. Um, but you can partner and collaborate without actually being in the thick of it legally if that is something that you want to be able to do as well.
0: Yeah, especially with influencer marketing and all of the things out there right now, collaborations, mm-hmm. there's it, such an opportunity to just kind of use each other's networks and resources and skills to, to further both of your businesses if that was an option.
1: Yes, Absolutely
0: have you always been this confident entrepreneur?
1: Oh, okay. So I would say a majority of my life, I have appeared confident and I have appeared a confident um, person, kid, adolescent, young adult. Um, but that confidence A lot of times, masked my brokenness, and it masked a lot of things that I was hiding. So, I think that when I was able to really step into my confidence, it was as I took the time to learn more about myself, to learn more about my core values, which is something that I really focus in on with my clients. And the more that I learned about my core values, the more that I made choices that were congruent with those core values. That's when my confidence truly started to grow. And I also believe. I don't think there's ever this like apex of us being completely confident people. I think it's a choice that we have to make daily. It's a practice that we have to implement into our life. There are tons of things that I'm not extremely confident on. um, But I think a big part of it as well is learning to own our flaws, own our story. I'll be vulnerable with you. Um, Growing up, I had a really difficult time reading. I was the kid that would like read paragraphs ahead to make sure that I knew all the words and I would have to ask my friends if that was the, how do I say this word? Um, so I would, I even remember times like being in, um, military courses or Bible studies to where I would fake having to go to the bathroom because I have a really hard time reading and spelling. And so that was kind of like a space for me that was hidden and almost had some like shame around it, which is weird. And it wasn't until I started to write a lot on Facebook, ironically, that is when people started to come to me and they're like, hey, you're a great writer. And then I began to share that I had a very difficult time spelling. And as soon as I was able to share the struggle It took the power away from the self-doubt. And so that really helped me also step into confidence. How weird is it that the more that I share the challenges in my life, the more confident I become.
0: Wow. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's, but now that you're saying that, like I'm thinking about mine and it's so true when we share those struggles, we take away their power.
1: Absolutely. Yes. Mm -hmm.
0: So when did you become aware of that? Just, have you always been aware that you were this self-conscious reader? And like, did you realize what it was masking? Did you realize any of that into your adulthood? Or was it kind of, did it take some uncovering for you?
1: I always was aware of that particular um, struggle since I was a kid. Yeah. And you know, I think that there are things deep inside of us that we're very aware of. It's not if we're aware or not, it's if we're willing to acknowledge it. So um, there's other struggles I've had, you know, for example, um, integrity is a huge core value for me. It's something that's like ingrained. And um, I, I know, like, as a kid, I grew up really poor. And I would lie about material things, even though they didn't matter to me, I would lie about them. And so I feel like that was also a struggle that I was aware of, um, but I didn't want to acknowledge it. You know, it was like this habit that I had created that I just pushed down way far. And I think that's what we do with a lot of things in life where we're aware of these things that we're struggling with, but we almost feel like if we can ignore it, for long enough, it will go away, but it doesn't go away. And it's not until we can create some self-awareness through whatever it may be, um, us journaling or with a coach or, a, I don't know, a course or a book that you read, when we're able to pull those things to the surface and address them, just like we were talking about before, we're able to take the power away from that and turn like that struggle into something we can use to um, invoke hope in other people.
0: I love it. And you know, I was thinking about this yesterday because somebody in my group asked this question, but do you think struggles should be shared before they have a solution or, cause I, I kind of took the stance. I'll just give you my stance. So I took the stance that we should wait to share the struggle until we have a victory. But then I thought, well, maybe there's steps along the way that I can share that give people hope and started to change my thought process. And I would love to hear your opinion on that.
1: Yeah. So I don't believe there's a black or white answer to this. I think that the answer lies in the gray. So funny. That's a series that we're in at church right now. But um, here's my thought process. I think if we have a deep wound, right, there's a really deep wound. I think that it's best to share from a place of a scar once Mm -hmm. we've gone through some healing and that we've been able to um, process a bit of what What have I gone through? What has worked for me? What can I use to help other people right? But I also, on the other hand, believe that there is power in sharing through the struggle. I think that it just really depends on what that looks like for you for me, for example um, there was a, I was married when I was nineteen and um The first time. And, uh, you know, there was no way when I was going through that divorce, there was no way that I would have been able to share in a way that was going to really add value to someone's life while I was in the midst of that. Now, when that wound, was starting to scar over. I was able to use that story to help mm. other people. You know, so I think um, there are things that may be a little more surface level that you can share through that struggle. I know that one thing that I've been able to share, especially when I was in health and fitness coaching, was this struggle with um, just like kind of roller coaster eating. And I shared through that, and there was healing, and there it was almost therapeutic to share that struggle and to be vulnerable and to say, "Hey, guys." I'm struggling with this. I don't know exactly how to fix it, but I'm trying and this is what I'm doing. And if you can relate, I would love to talk to you. So I know that that's kind of a roundabout way to say, I don't know, but I think that um, I don't think it's black and white. I think that there's a little bit of gray when it comes to that. And you know, like deep in your spirit, you know, in your gut, when you're ready to share, because there's a difference between. Um Sharing from an open wound and sharing something that makes you a little uncomfortable and sure. I love to get uncomfortable because I feel like that's where we're most able to grow,
0: yeah, and I think I agree with that because you know if you're not in a place where you can share or should be sharing, then it just comes out like trash on Facebook, right? yeah, absolutely it just looks like you spew in all of the junk, and I love that you said think about the perspective of the person on the other side that's receiving what you have to say, is it going to benefit them in any way?
1: I think that's yeah. A good and I think too, like if you're sharing a story that involves someone else and they're a big piece of that story, I do think that, um, there's some, there's benefit in making sure that they are willing to be able to, you know, be a part of that story for you. I share a lot about my mom and my childhood and her battle with alcoholism. And I didn't come out with that on Facebook. I didn't start writing about that until I had a very serious conversation with her. And I was able to frame it in a way of, Mom, you are a piece of this story. And she overcame that alcoholism. And I I told her hey, I think that you have something powerful here. And I think that what we went through could be very healing um, for other people. And I think that it could be maybe a a place of hope for them. And so I got her permission to share that story. So I also think that's very important, especially when it comes to things like marriage um, and childhood and history. I think that if someone else is highly involved, it's important to get their permission as well.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. So tell me more about just your confidence in your business, but also your confidence in motherhood and what life looks like to be this great mom and this entrepreneur.
1: Oh goodness. Great (laughs) mom. What a loaded title, right? Um, man, you know, I think that I I will tell you that there was a time when I was in business and it was probably 2015 and I was doing very, very, very well in my business, um, chasing a lot of things that truly in my soul weren't aligned, but I was told these are the things that you chase, right? So I was going after them and hit a lot of them. And um, that was probably my lowest time in motherhood because I was telling everyone how important Motherhood was and how important time with my child was. And I was not operating in integrity with that because I was working 15, 17 easy hours um, working on my business. So I think that um, I have really become confident in the way that I parent when I was able to face that behavior that I had and realign my priorities and say my child she is you know my number one and I'm going to be so intentional with her and I set boundaries around my business and now it feels so good for me to know hey business is important, but my kid is way more important. And when I'm intentional with her and when I'm focused and when I'm present, that's when I'm the most confident as a mother and entrepreneur at the same time, because I can know that I'm operating out of integrity with what I say is really important to me and what my definition of success is not society's definition of success for me, but my definition of success as Christ follower, wife, mother, business owner. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I think I see the same with me. Like if I, if nap time's over and it's time for me to get off out of off of my desk, go wake them up. And if I take any kind of work with me and try to be their mom, I'm just, I'm either a terrible business owner or a terrible mom. Like I just can't do both. And I, it ends up frustrating me. So I always really try to take off this little hat, so to speak, you know, and just say, okay, now I'm stepping into being mom, you know, the yeah. business can wait, the And Instagram messages can wait. Whatever it is can wait. Let's go do
1: this. I think as moms too, especially moms who are entrepreneurs, I think we have to extend ourselves a massive amount of grace. And I think that we can get so caught up in looking at what everyone else is doing. You know, we're talking about confidence and I believe it to be true that one of the biggest killers of confidence is comparison. So I think that we have to extend ourselves some grace and we have to say that there may be seasons in my business where I'm going to have to be a lot more intentional about my time because my business is growing and there's elements of it that I need to be focused on. So I have to be super intentional with giving my kid quality time, right? Because we can be present without being present. Um, We can be present and on our phones and answering the email, but we're sitting next to our kid and that's not quality time, right? My child I have found is more happy if um, I am extremely present with her, even if I've spent a big chunk of my day where I am working, but when I'm with her, I'm focused on her. And that's made all the world of difference for me because I was the mom that got this totally wrong for, good two years while my business was growing. Um, and so I just think that we have to be so mindful and we have to extend ourselves some grace because it, it can be daunting. I mean, running a business, being a mom, trying to keep the house together and you got you're trying to plan that Pinterest birthday party that you see all over the place. You know, just doing all the things, right? I think that's as women, as mom, we think we can do all the things at all the times for all the people and not break a sweat. And sometimes it's okay to just not be okay with that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think some some days we can, we're like, oh my gosh, I'm Superwoman. And the majority of the time we can't.
1: So. <laughs> yes. I would totally agree with you on that. <laughs>
0: I have given up on being Pinterest mom. I've actually really kind of banned myself from even scrolling Pinterest because before you know it, I'm at Hobby Lobby dropping a hundred bucks on projects I don't
1: even need. Yeah. You're like, what is Mod Podge? I don't even know what this does. I feel you right there too.
0: My husband's like, this is ridiculous. Another Uh, Pinterest
1: project. (laughs) Yes. Yes.
0: So I've just come to realize that there are people in my life that can be the Pinterest moms and I'm just going to go to Amazon and buy something.
1: There you go. Nothing wrong with that sister.
0: (laughs) Well, okay. So I am curious for somebody who might be coming from that perspective of 16 hour days, maybe it's not 16, whatever the details are, but they're coming from a position of putting work over their kids. How can they begin to transition more into that, you know, family first kids first kind of thing?
1: I love this question. I feel like this question is exactly what Um, it was like the beginning of that little calling I was talking about, right? Um, because I had recognized this and I knew that it was something that if I was struggling with it, other people were struggling with it. One of the things that, uh, both Olivia and I do in our coaching practice, be it in courses together or one-on-one coaching is we have our clients redefine their definition of success because a lot of women that are experiencing that where they're working the long, long hours and they're just giving, 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 pouring, 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 Truthfully, most of them are chasing someone else's definition of success, be it your companies, be it your spouses, be it your mother-in-law, whoever it is. You're going after this tangible thing that you think, once I reach that, X will happen. And so the first thing that I would say to do is redefine your definition of success. Um, And look at your business. What does success actually look like in the business? Now, if you are the woman who's trying to reach the multiple six figures, go for it, girlfriend. But there are some people who are chasing that, but it's not truly what they want. They want freedom or they want to travel or whatever it may be. So you have to look at areas like business, relationships, finances, experiences, and say, what do I actually want out of this. And then the next thing that I have people do is I take them through a core values exercise and we rediscover what are their core values and core values are so important. If I could take like one piece of my coaching practice and say, what is the most important thing as a person, as a business owner, it is discovering your three core values. And all of us have three that are at the very, very center. There might be more on the outside, but there's three that are at the center. So um, I have people redefine their definition of success and then um, discover where their core values are. And you have to make the intentional choice to align the two. And so what a a lot of clients will do is they'll look at the way that they're operating in their business and then they'll look at this new definition of success when they've stripped away what everyone else told them they should be going after and match that up with their core values. And then they have to make the intentional decision to say, I am choosing to live off of my definition of success and my core values and my priorities. And they have to make that shift there because I think if um, something that Olivia and I also always share is we say, and this came from Del Partridge. He has a, a business, a business podcast, but he says, um, success in business without success at home really isn't success at all. And so that's so important to get a line there and to make that choice to say, I'm choosing this and I'm choosing to go after what my heart actually wants versus what the world tells me I should want. That's yeah. a long answer. <laughs> oh
0: my gosh. So, so many nuggets. First. With defining, re, really redefining, like you said, what you want
1: yeah. and then
0: nailing those core values. You've, you've said core values probably about 10 times yeah. this episode and yeah. I'm realizing like, okay, this is important. I need to go yeah. relook at mine and, and define that because I mean, this is probably the third or fourth podcast recently where somebody said, oh, I look at my core values and I make decisions based on that or,
1: yeah, uh, yeah so yeah. that's crazy. And there, then. I'll share with you, I think that core values, um, it really opened my eyes to understand the way that I am moving through life, right? Because when we have a deep understanding of what our core values are, we understand what really lights us up and what really makes us angry. And we can understand that like you and I, we don't have the same core values. So something that might not upset me may really upset you. For example, one of my core values, like I mentioned, is integrity, Right. It's not my husband's core value. doesn't mean it's bad. It's just not his core value. So I will call him and I'll be like, hey, babe, did you get a chance to put that laundry in the uh, washing machine? And he's like, yeah, get home and it's not in there. Well, I'm about to lose my mind, not because the laundry's in there, but because he lied to me off of something silly because my core value is integrity, right? So it can be even something so small. But now I get to do a check, an internal check to say, okay, this didn't feel good, but why didn't it feel good? And then also in life, when we're going through life and when we're in business, and if we feel stuck or something feels off, it always hundred percent guaranteed always goes back to a core value being out of alignment.
0: Okay. So where are we getting these magical core values? Is there like a (laughs) a quiz or some kind of thing? Yeah.
1: There's a couple, there are a couple um, of quizzes that you can take. There's a couple different ones that you can utilize. I use one. Um, I can't remember the author's name exactly, but it's like journey to core values. I'll shoot it over to you so that you can use or share it with your listeners, but it has you um, go through and it's an exercise that I walk all of my clients through. And it takes you from like, you're looking at a list of 10 columns of like eight words and you're picking out four and it narrows it down. And then you're giving the reasons at the very, very end of why um, those are so important to you and ingrained in you. And it's just like right on the money every single time. So it works really well. And I think that something, no matter what core values exercise you choose to do, the thing that is really important for you to remember when you're going through any exercise is that you are choosing what you really feel and your soul to be true and not what you think you should choose. Um, about 90% of my clients when they do this exercise will come out and they will say uh, family and friends are part of their core values. And for some, that's true for many, it's not, but it's what they feel they should choose because right as a, as a mom, the best thing to say, cause I'm nurturing and I love my family is that's my core value. Um, but for some people that's not true and that's okay. It doesn't mean that you love your family any less. It just means that you have different, like at the very, very core and we still can love our family within those core values, right? So like integrity is ingrained into my family um, and honesty is ingrained in my family because that's a core value for me. doesn't mean I don't love my kid any less because family is not in my core value. Um, so you just really have to, in your gut, what's the actual thing that comes to your mind and not focused on what should I pick.
0: Yeah. So, okay. I'm curious, your husband who didn't do the laundry, what's, what's his, is he got some, you know, just wants to make you happy.
1: kind of Um, no, I think he had like, he'll just have the intention of doing it, but I will tell you, I do know my husband's core values. It's loyalty, leadership, and simplicity. And Mm. it is so important for me as a wife to know those, because when he's a little off, right. Or he's had a bad day or he's responding to me to me in a way that is not typical, I can always look at something, and be like, Oop, something's off here. And in fact, um, we were in what it's we like were, to
0: be married to a life coach.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. He'll say, if I ask him, like, how's your day? And he's like, it's great. I was like, "What well, was great about it. He's like, stop life coaching me. Um, <laughs> But even before, as a life coach, we were in a business adventure together, um, and it was just a toxic environment, truly. Um, It was not aligned with our core values at all, and I'd gotten into life coaching and really started to do some work there, and when I had him do this exercise, we just saw, yeah, like all of these areas that were so important to him were not being poured into in any way, and um, actually, he was betraying his core values. And when you do that, that is probably the lowest place that you can be in. When you're betraying yourself and your core values, that's when you will feel the least confident. That's when you will feel the most stuck. And that's when you will feel the most out of line with what you're doing. Hmm.
0: This is so interesting because, I mean, it it helps you in your relationship, probably more in managing a household. But I also think about like the his needs, her needs, emotional quiz, you know, like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's so, it'd be interesting to, to, for my husband to do it too, just so we know, like as we're yeah. building a household and even joint businesses and whatever else. Yeah.
1: That's
0: cool.
1: Yes. It's very, it's such a good um, thing, you know, it helps you also kind of, instead of reacting quickly, take a step back and, and look at, okay, is this, is this kind of uh, a place of tension for us? Because one of our core values is being um, challenged or not lived up to or whatever it may be.
0: Yeah. So comparison really creates that, just that pull of a mom, not to feel confident. Do you think not having that alignment with core values is another part of it?
1: I think so, because I think that when we, we, you know, we can say like, I want to be a great mom. I want to be a great business owner, but what does that mean and how do you specifically want to operate in both? And I think when we know our core values, it just, it helps us become a little more steady in who we are and what we have to offer and the way in which we're going to offer it. And it also helps us set, boundaries and be unwavering in our decisions. Like if I have an opportunity, something that looks very appealing um, and maybe it can make me a lot of money or, or whatever, if it doesn't align with my core values, with my ethics, it's an easy no for me. And before, prior to having an understanding and being aware of all of these things, I felt like, especially as a mom, I was completely drained and exhausted because I was saying yes to everything which when we do that we say no to the really important things that matter that fuel us and bring us joy Um, or we can it's not necessarily what we do every time but we can and so I think that for me having my core values especially as a mom has just allowed me to say like no to the things that I want to say no to without feeling apologetic about it and I have never felt that confident um, in what I'm doing as far as business and my um, role as a mother and as a wife, as I do now that I understand my core values and that I'm implementing them in my business. You know, like I've said no to many opportunities because they just didn't align for me.
0: It removes that guilt, you know? Yes. Because, I mean, just every decision, it seems like, oh, you get asked to do this thing at church, you know, in your heart, you shouldn't do it, you know, you're just too overstretched or whatever. But you say, if you say no, you've got all this guilt and all this ridiculousness and just even like all the birthday party invitations that we can get, I mean, you've got a six year old, you know?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. And okay. Let me like back up a little bit because all my life I've been, I love making people happy. I love pleasing people, please Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We all, all of us, right. Everyone listening is like, yep, that's me. Um, so I get the guilt and it can be very real and it is something that I still struggle with. I mean, um, I struggle with it, but I can stand steady in my decision now. Um, but that was me my whole life doing things, going after things, because I thought this was going to please someone else, or it was going to make me appear more valuable to this group of people or whatever it may be. That was always me. Um, you know, and now it doesn't make it, it doesn't mean it's super easy for me, but it does remove the guilt and it does allow me to say, Hey, like this is what's important and this is a priority. And that's why I can say no without feeling like I have to apologize over and over and over to people.
0: Yeah, awesome. Well, if you can sum it up in three little tips, what tips do you have for the mom who is struggling with her confidence as both a mother and a mompreneur?
1: Extend grace to yourself. Don't compare chapter one to her chapter 15. That's good. She can be successful and you can be successful. She can be beautiful and you can be beautiful. Um, Unfollow people who trigger doubt. I love that. Instantly, I unfollow like three people a day. I don't follow many people in my industry. I've unfollowed tons of people in my industry because it is easy for us naturally humans to compare, right? So, unfollow you know, about
0: that. What yeah. I've caught myself with is is the thought: okay, I know I need to unfollow this person, but I don't want to upset them or hurt their feelings if they happen to like download some kind of an unfollow app.
1: You well, know, that, that's a thing—an unfollow app.
0: Yeah,
1: you didn't know. Oh, no, I didn't know. I I'm surprised I haven't gotten any emails. Um, <laughs> I'm
0: not sure Facebook has one, but for sure Instagram does.
1: You know, okay, Katie, so if I had unfollowed you, um, You know, and sometimes I unfollow people too, because not because they're triggering self-doubt, but because I don't want my voice to get muddied Mm -hmm. by what other people are saying. Right. And, um, that's kind of a lesson I've just recently learned working with coaches and, and listening to incredible podcasts. But I would say if I unfollowed you, Katie, and you reached out and you were like, Hey, Hey bro, what's up? Why did you unfollow me? I would be super transparent. I feel like if you are transparent with someone, there's literally, there can be no tension because you're being truthful. And in the most kind and loving way, I would just say like, um, you know, that I'm in a season where I'm just not following people in my industry and I love you. I'm rooting for you. I'm praying for you. Um, but this is just a, a boundary that I've had to set for me personally and, um, you know, there, there is the risk of that hurting someone's feelings, but you have to be a powerful person and know that your decisions, you can't base all of your decisions in life off of what may or what it may or may not cause someone to feel. Um, as long as those decisions are made in love, then I don't think you can go wrong. So, yeah. I love that
0: you said transparency because, you know, my dad every year comes up with this axiom for our family for the year.
1: Uh-huh. And
0: This year he called us. He's like, all right, here it is. Don't suppress the stress. And so oh. like, whenever like just a situation comes up where we feel like we're just stressing or overwhelmed or whatever, just like, you know, do it head on. Have that conversation. Confront yeah. that person that said the thing you might have misinterpreted. Whatever it is, like don't let the stress sit there and bubble up.
1: Yeah, and one good tip, one good tangible tip for you guys. Um, I am like again, un in an unhealthy way, obsessed with Brené Brown. She is the author of Daring Greatly. She wrote Braving. She's amazing. Um, But she has this. um, I guess it's kind of like check-in questions that you can ask yourself. So if someone triggers something for you or says something to you, and you're you know taking it a certain way, you can say, "What's the story I'm creating?" Right? What's the story I'm creating? what's the truth and what's the lesson learned. So I can, if someone were to come to me and say, Hey, you unfollowed me. I'm feeling this way. I could say, I could see that this would be the story that you were creating, but here's the truth. And here's the lesson that I'm going to learn. Maybe I should have reached out to you first, especially if it was a close friend or something. Right. So, um, transparency is just so, so important. Um, it sounds so
0: petty. You would follow
1: me. (laughs) I I know, but that's the world we live in. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, we have all of these people that we're connecting with online. And especially if you're the type of entrepreneur, that's very visible and you're sharing a lot online, people get to know you and they feel like they're a really, um, you know, like close part of your life. So it may even be someone that you've never had like a face to face relationship with, but they could get their feelings hurt. So I think just like having to be transparent is the best thing that we can do as entrepreneurs, especially in the online space. And then I would also say, um, a few other things that I think we have to do when it comes to competence, um, both as a mom and entrepreneur is, I ask myself these questions, and I think I heard this on a podcast. I wish I made this up, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will ask myself every day, journal on it every day lately, what are three things that you find valuable about yourself? So I'm writing that about me. And then mm-hmm. I will ask myself, what are three things that you did to add value into someone else's life yesterday? So I'm constantly reinforcing I'm valuable and I'm adding value. I'm valuable and I'm adding value. And that truly builds confidence because it takes the shift from this external world to something that's internal. And, um, that is so healing for our soul. When we're able to look at what we find valuable about ourselves and then what we have done, um, that we've been able to add value into someone else's life or maybe someone has poured into us and we're able to journal on that and show gratitude for that. I think that also builds confidence. And I think the last thing I would say is are you taking time to pour back into yourself or to allow someone else to pour into you, especially as moms? Again, we can um, just pour and give constantly. And oftentimes that can lead to an empty cup and it is so hard to pour from an empty cup. I don't know if you've ever been there, but there have been many times in my life where I have felt totally drained, and I'm like, I got nothing. I don't even know what to do for you guys because I am so drained. I have nothing to give, and... That was really before I understood what self-care was and how important it was to me to be able to show up as my best self in not only um, with my clients, not only with my business, but in my life. I'm a better mother when I take time to um, practice self-care and to unplug and to pour into me as a human being. And then I can show up and I can be like the mom, the superwoman mom and business owner and all of those things.
0: And we could do a whole nother episode on self-care. We totally could.
1: Love (laughs) me some (laughs) self-care. It's so much
0: more than getting your nails done. And it's not a cookie cutter formula for everybody. It's so specific. And even I'm speaking from me, like it's even a moment by moment thing. Like it's not always every week. This is my self-care. Like it's very, it's something I really kind of feel into. And I'm like, okay, tonight I just need to not go sit at the computer after they go to bed. My husband's working. Uh, you know, I'm going to, I don't know, maybe go draw a bath and read a book that has nothing to do with business or whatever it is. And just really feeling into what that next little self care step is for me.
1: Yeah. I think it's so difficult. And even the word can be a turnoff for a lot of moms, especially because, you know, they'll say self care. What do you mean? I, that's selfish. They hear self care and they hear selfish um but i have been the mom where i was completely selfless and i was going a million miles an hour but on the inside i was bitter resentful drained i snapped at my kid a lot more. I was snappy with my husband. Um, You know, I just wasn't happy. And I think that when we can practice self-care, and like you said, it doesn't mean you're going to get your nails done every week necessarily. Maybe it does. There's no right or wrong answer. But, um, you know, when you're able to unplug and breathe and do something that fills your soul a little bit. Maybe it's just listening to a 10 minute podcast in silence by yourself in a different room, Um, whatever it may be for you. But that allows us to create space to be the person um, that our family needs. And in the end, as, as ironic as it sounds, I feel like we're able to show up as a better mom, a better wife. Um, And I think it's actually a selfless act that makes no sense, right? It does in my head.
0: <laughs> it does for me too. Anybody who's really, truly experienced that self-care, they know, they agree. Yeah. 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 And our husbands prefer it too, I think.
1: I, I agree, yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so let's transition real quick into those final quick questions that we ask every mom on the podcast. Okay. So what is that one mom and business owner hack that you have to help others manage motherhood and business well?
1: Ooh, okay. So I would say, I have tangible and intangible. Can we do that? Is yeah. That a thing. Okay. Cool. So I, I would it. say uh, you might make it a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I would say the intangible hacks are some things that I've already gone over redefining your definition of success is huge. I think that that does make motherhood in business much more manageable, much more fulfilling. Um, so stop basing your goals off of the shoulds of the world, right. Off of the company, what do you actually want off of or out of your business and know that that whatever your definition of success, it's enough and it's perfect for you. So I would say that's the intangible. And then I would say the tangible tip that I have to um, kind of like a hack for motherhood and entrepreneurship is work out of your zone of genius. So what I mean by that is work in the things that you are just like really fulfill you. There are things that you're good at that you can do. That's like your zone of excellence, right? Maybe you're bomb at creating graphics and you can do that, but is that what lights you up about your business? And if it's not delegate the rest, outsource the rest. And do I mean that you have to have an assistant and you have to pay all these people to do things for you? Nope. You can collaborate. You can find very, um, easy ways to outsource the things that you just, that drain you. And so sometimes as new business owners, right. Um, especially like first year of business, maybe you are doing the things, some of the things that aren't necessarily like your jam, your zone of genius, but that doesn't have to be to be the reality of everything. For example, in my business with Olivia, um, we just found someone to do a graphic and paid them like $10. It's an investment in my business, but it's also a way for me to create space to be a more present mom and to be more present with my clients, so I am constantly looking at ways where where can I delegate this or outsource this out, and where can I create space? If you're someone that works on a team, um, I would say this is another really good hack, especially if you have a, a team of people that you work with. Maybe someone's in network marketing that's listening to this or whatever that may look like. Allow other people to step into a leadership position. And empower them to do the things that only you think you're capable of. Um, I'm on a leadership team at church and our leader, he always says like, if you can do this, even 60% of what I'm doing currently, I want you to run with it and get messy and it's okay. And I think that a lot of times as leaders in our industry, we miss out on the opportunity to create space in our life, time, right? Because that's an invaluable resource, time, um, because we're not willing to let other people take a a try as something we're great at. So I am all about like, Hey, you think you can do this and I have space for you to be able to do it. I'll invest in it and see um, how, how much space does that create for me?
0: I love that. Those are some great, great tips. So if you could do it all over again, what would you tell yourself or what would you start with?
1: Mm. I would say stop allowing fear or past circumstance to dictate your future reality. Um, I think fear is paralyzing. And there's so many people, I think Les Brown said it, the most amazing inventions are in the grave because people were just too fearful to move. Right. So um, don't allow your past circumstances as well, not your, your history, your family history, um, your, your, Past, maybe something you did that you're shameful of. Don't allow those things to dictate your future reality. You're in control of your life. Um, and like I like you mentioned earlier, you can be brave and afraid at the exact same time. So just take a step forward. Um, I would say you don't always have to know the how, but you do need to know the why. I have tons of friends. Um, and maybe you have people as well, they'll come to you and they'll say, Well, I want to start a podcast, but I don't know how who cares about the how, why do you want to do it? I get so excited about this concept. I was actually just talking to a friend about it this weekend. Um, Olivia and I were and telling her like, she was like, well, ha- I don't know how to run the software. I don't know how to do this. And it's like, don't worry about that. Why do you want to do it? Start there and the how will come, right? If God gives you a why on your heart, you better believe he's got the how right around the corner. When Olivia and I decided to leave our network marketing company that had literally everything set up for us. We were doing great in it and we stepped into um, our business. We had no idea how to do anything. Like never ran a business before. Um, not a legit one. I mean, besides my first grade nail situation, you know? Um, but yeah, the how will come and you'll figure it out along the way, lean in and trust the process, know your core values, um, run your entire life and your business based off of those things. I would say that that's something I didn't do before and I would definitely do differently. Um, if those, you know, opportunities that you have come your way, if they don't align, then bless and release them. Um, and I would say also don't betray yourself for more money, more followers, more things. Um, that's a a big thing as well.
0: Mm, Yeah. Those are so good. So share with me your favorite app, software, or system that you'd recommend right now.
1: Are we talking like organization-wise or?
0: Yeah. I mean, anything really, whatever favorite app you love. Okay.
1: Um, I actually really love Trello. So it is an organization. You're shaking your head. You're like, yep. Um, it's a great (laughs) organization tool. It's great for teams. It's great for entrepreneurs. It's all around just a really incredible, um, app that you can utilize and also Slack and the two communicate well together. So those things communicate very, very well. Um, Kajabi is a great business tool if you run courses and you have products Uh, Olivia and I started our business with that as well and um what else let's see oh you know one thing I would say that I really love it's on my phone right now and I use it every day is I don't even know if I'm saying this right but it's VSCO it's a uh it's an app that's really great for branding. So it's just basically like how I edit all of my photos, but there, you can create really great brand consistency with it as far as, you know, filters and all that good stuff. Um, so yeah, because if you I go like. look
0: at her feed, she's got this cutest little feed and it, all your photos like look the same, like don't look the same, but they have the same color. Yeah.
1: So thanks. I like that. Yeah, that one's super helpful. And then I'll share one more with you. Um, let me look at it on my phone so I can pull it up and give you all of the goods. Okay. So mama's out there. This is a great one for you and your family. It's called cozy C O Z I. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, their tagline is family life simplified. And so basically it's an app and it's free. There's obviously a paid version because what's not, what doesn't have a paid version these days, but, um, There's a calendar on there. You can create lists of groceries, wholesale, other, you can put recipes in there. You can have your entire family calendar. Um, So like my husband and I can sync our calendars in there. It has, um, I can also journal. You know, I don't know if it links to Google. I would assume because everything links back to Google these days. Right. But it's cool. It has a a journal in there. So you can like take pictures and journal right into your app and your spouse or whoever you have placed on it can see. You can have your contacts, your birthdays. Um, That's great. And then I also got this new planner. It's from Mel Robbins who I'm so obsessed with all these people (laughs) Um, I I will, I refuse to unfollow Brene Brown and Mel Robbins, but she has a journal, it's called the five second journal and it's incredible. It is all science-based. Um, and it has like looking at it right now, it has where you're talking about like today I feel, and you're basically circling a meter, like depleted meh fine, good, energized. And you talk about why you were feeling that way. Um, you talk about how can I feel more energized today? My top project is, so then you're like looking at your top projects. You say, when will I stop working? So that's a boundary, right. That you can put into place. Um, and then you're like, there's an area for brain dumping, like what's on your mind, getting it out of your mind on onto paper. Um, She has an area for planning your day. And then here's the cool part. It says, find your brave. And there's little scientific activities proven to help you get out of your comfort zone and to move forward as an entrepreneur. So like this one was, um, today's challenge, take a cold shower. I don't know if you've ever listened to anything, Tony Robbins, but he always talks about like taking a freezing cold shower and it waking you up. And so, you know, she says like, what's the biggest obstacle that would be in your way. And then the next day you go through the same thing, but it will ask you like, did you do the challenge from the day before? How did it make you feel? And then it gives you a new challenge. So I love this journal. It's my favorite. It's asking right
0: you all the life coaching questions.
1: It is literally, you don't even need me. You can just <laughs> get this book and you're good to go. <laughs>
0: I love it. I love it. All right. So now we know you're a personal development junkie. So I'm looking forward to hearing your answer to this.
1: Okay. But
0: what is the best book you've read? And then tell me what you're looking forward to reading soon.
1: Mm. (sighs) So many books. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I could, I would say, though, if there is one book that had, has had the most effect on my life, it is called Keep Your Love On, and it's by Danny Silk. And oh, such a good podcast to talk about this one on. He also has a book called Loving Your Kids on Purpose, and um, they're both phenomenal, have drastically changed my life in both just personal life, professional life, the way that I parent. Um, the Keep Your Love On book, it's all about being a powerful person, um, it's about connection and communication, and it's amazing. And then the loving your kids on purpose—I mean, it's it's that—it's loving your kids on purpose. And there's so many good takeaway tips that you can utilize as a parent. So, those two books are really, really great. One I'm looking forward to reading. Hmm, I literally have like a gazillion. Let me pull up my Audible. I am like the most uh, technologically. That's probably not a word challenge person you'll ever meet on the planet, but somehow all of my business is online. And so I learned, just learned how to do audible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there is a book called own the moment and it's by Carl Lentz. He is a Hillsong pastor and I am really looking forward to this book. Everyone that has read it has told me that it's just phenomenal. I don't usually like audible cause I'm one of those like highlighter. I've got to like write everything in the book, but I'm going to probably listen to that one on audible. Cause I am ready to hear all of it.
0: That's awesome. And if you don't have Bluetooth headphones, that's like my biggest mom hack.
1: I have heard about this
0: and just clean your house and listen to podcasts or read your you know, listen to your audible book, whatever it is
1: phenomenal. Yeah. And we actually have, um, I will send it to you and you can share it if you would like, we have created Olivia and I, um, a PDF with all of our favorite apps, all of our favorite podcasts, all of our favorite books. Um, and so I'll share that with you as well. And you can just free, yep, feel free and to link share. it up
0: in the show notes for you guys listening. Um, so I do have one last question. I know we're kind of running a little long here, but what is soul in the raw? What does that mean? and then tell us a little bit about your podcast that you guys do.
1: Perfect. Okay. So soul in the raw. Um, it's really funny. We used to be the soul shift tribe. That was like our name. And when we were getting ready to name our podcast, we were just like, what are we going to name this? We really want to talk to people about like the unfiltered version of entrepreneurship of life. And one of our friends, actually, she is the one that was like, Hey, about soul in the raw? That's like what you guys do. Um, and so you're like, yes, new right away. And I think what it embodies to me is someone that is truly striving to live in alignment, someone, um, who is living according to their core values. They've stripped away all of the shoulds. And I know that you've heard this a lot, but they stripped all of that away. Um, they're operating out of who they are with the noise, just kind of noise of the world in the background. And I also think it's someone that isn't afraid to look at themselves and also be transparent with um, their struggles and their feelings and their calling. I think that that's also another element of soul in the raw. So when it comes to our podcast, we absolutely love to talk to influencers, to talk to business owners, to talk to women. And now we've started to interview some men um, who just are not afraid to look at what did all of this look like before you got to where you are right now. So we really only invite people on who aren't afraid to share the nitty gritty of, okay, now you're making, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. That's great. But what did it look like when you first started out and you were hundred thousand dollars in debt? How did you get past how did you push past that point? Or we have women on who, you know, like you and I, we they have kids, they have all these things going on. How in the world are they doing it all? And so just getting people on that aren't afraid to be um a little messy with us because we do not edit anything, absolutely anything. It's all here you go. This is what happened. Um, And that's been really cool to have people on willing to be vulnerable and transparent and just tell us like it is. So it's a platform for people to be able to do that.
0: I love it. Well, we will link that up in the show notes as well. So go on over and check out that podcast. It's amazing. Crystal, I appreciate you being on. This has been incredibly valuable for me and I cannot wait for the audience to hear it.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me, Katie.
0: Thanks for joining us for today's episode. For a full recap and show notes of the episode with some helpful tips and tricks and links to what was mentioned, head on over to 1kmom.com. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we would be so honored if you would leave us a review on iTunes, screenshot today's episode, share it on Instagram, tag us in your stories at Katie Plumbing, and let us know what you loved. Thank you so much for being part of the 1K Mom Tribe.